I'll tell you what. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You want to run it back? Let's run it back. Fernando with his second of the night off of Bauer. Hitches his giddy up round in third and then does the Trevor Bauer strut. I like it. And then he tweets out later on. You know, like a 12 minute hey, if you YouTube want, video. Right, you yeah. want, if you want the signs, just ask. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Steve Smith Sr. Coming up, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance and now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air John Harbaugh head coach of the Ravens they choose 27th overall uh, will be joining us Trey Lance joining us in hour number three John Harbaugh in about 20 minutes time and somebody who knows John Harbaugh very well or in the Ravens organization very well, because he spent many a, a moon in the draft room there before joining NFL Network as one of the top analysts in all the land. I could not be more thrilled to welcome back to the show before we're on the clock ourselves for yet another draft for NFL Network, Daniel Jeremiah, joining us from Cleveland, Ohio. How you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I just uh, I just swung over to Wahlburgers and grabbed a uh, a burger. Never had a Wahlburger before. Okay, so that's uh, that's what we're getting into here. Okay, very good. Well, look, <laughs> man, uh, I'm thrilled to hear that. I can't wait to to be with you uh, at the draft uh, and cherish oh, yeah. every moment because who the hell knows if we're going to be around Sunday, DJ? So, gonna, <laughs> according to Kyle, right? We got to take it all in. Um, what did you make of the 49ers brass press conference yesterday, and what we can glean? about the third overall selection. So I'll, I'll tell you, on a, on a grand uh, scale, I used to laugh at those press conferences. I used to think nothing gets said, you can't learn anything, nobody's going to tip anything. And then a couple years ago, I think probably when I moved into this role, I had our buddy Jack Andrade, who does the research. I yeah. said, Jack, can you just comb through these press conferences for me and just see what stands out? And he would, and I'm telling you, Rich, there's, if there's 32 press conferences, Maybe, you know, 10 to 12, you, you get something out of there. And this fell into the category of, I thought you got something out of this yeah. uh, press conference, <laughs> definitely. I mean, just everything that, that was said and how it was said, it just all points to Mac Jones. I think the one line that stood out to me the most was, we came into this with one guy in mind when we made the trade, okay? And then, and then he goes, but, and I'm waiting for but, the other guy's caught up. He goes, but, he got even better. And so did everybody else. And so I was like, well, that just still, to me, from the words, still points to Mac Jones. So why does it point to Mac Jones? Because you know that that is part of the reason why that press conference took place yesterday, not only because it's usually part and parcel of uh, brass to do that before uh, a draft, but also there, there is some, I guess, some priming of the 49er fan base pump with uh, already a hue and cry uh, in Northern California about Mac Jones's seemingly imminent drafting third overall. Well, I, I'd say to explain it this way, I, I do my evaluations somewhat generically, right? So I don't, I'm not affiliated with a team, so I'm evaluating the talent and what this guy can be, and, and that's how I watch him and, and write him and rank him. Kyle Shanahan is watching and evaluating these guys in a very specific way for how exactly they plug into what he wants to do. Right. And I, I've talked to, you know, trying to do my homework on this pick in the last couple of days, I talked to somebody who had interviewed uh, Kyle for a head coaching job before he got the Niners job. And he said, when we talked about quarterbacks, he said it, it begins and ends with accuracy. Like that is the most important thing is how accurate you are with the football. 
Um, and that's just, that's a huge strength of, of Mac Jones. So, you know, not the arm strength, not the great athlete. We've heard, you know, obviously you hear about how smart he is, how quick he processes, all those things. But if accuracy is the be-all, end-all, um, and the guy completed 77% of his passes, he's the most accurate guy right now. Um, so that's why, in my opinion, that's why Kyle is where he is on this evaluation. Well, Kurt Warner has come out and said, um, you know, when you you have somebody there in Jimmy G and you trade mm-hmm. up to get, um, you know, his replacement and give up all that that, you've, that you're giving up to get the replacement, you get somebody different. I don't need to tell you what Bucky Brooks said on this show because you do a podcast <laughs> at Move the Sticks with him equating yep. uh, the Alabama staff and his teammates as the Iron Man suit that makes him a superhero, not who he is without the suit. Um, so no. why why wouldn't it be Lance or Fields, right, where you go and get somebody who can actually, you know, run mm-hmm. out of the pocket and make all those, you know, boots and all those stretch plays actually maybe dangerous from the quarterback keeping it? I – that's what I would do, right? So, <laughs> right. you know, that, that's what I would do. I would take Trey Lance, and I would be okay. Um, if it wasn't Trey Lance, I'd be fine taking Justin Fields. You know, kind of going through that whole process with both those guys, that would be my choice between those two because I do think they expand the playbook, and they kind of use a, you know, kind of a phrase you hear more and more with the NFL right now. You get to play 11 on 11. When you've got your quarterback that can move around and run a little bit, you're no longer playing 10 on 11 anymore. That's somebody that the other side has to worry about, and I – you know that to me, I could. I thought that there was a chance that would be what would be really appealing to Kyle Shanahan. Is here is this unbelievable creative guy um, who could now change the math with having a quarterback you have to account for and how what could he do with him? You know, we go back to the RG three and saw what he did there in Washington. I, I think if if he had his choice, he'd much rather have a guy that can, you know, that can uh, process and deliver accurately deliver the football. I just personally believe that both Trey and Justin, while they might not be at Mac Jones' standard of accuracy right now, I think they can get there. I think they can get there. I know Mac Jones is never going to acquire the athleticism that those two kids have. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. I have Trey Lance joining me in an hour. Uh, You told me a story about you uh, chit-chatting with Trey Lance and how that came about. Um, I'm going to ask him about it later on because I'm going to elicit the story from you now. Please share with the audience uh, your interactions personally with Trey Lance. Daniel. Yeah, I mean, look, Rich, if if I could, I would spend time one-on-one with all of these kids. And it used to be easier to do when we were out and going to pro days, right? You can visit with a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of limited to who you know might just be working out in the area and who I can get a connection through to get to them. Um, but Trey, when he was... A lot of these kids, when they're making their decisions on whether they're going to come out or what they're going to do, uh, they'll they'll get a hold of me and I'll have a chance to just kind of tell them, hey, this is where I think you would go. This is why you would benefit from coming out. This is why you'd benefit from going back to school. I just I don't make any decisions for them, but I just want to give them information. So I had that conversation with him on the phone previously. Then uh, he was going to be working out with John Beck in in, uh, in L.A. So we set up a breakfast, and I went and had breakfast with him and, and really spent probably an hour, hour and a half with him and I left there thinking, okay, this kid is incredibly intelligent. He's got a uh, presence about him, which is something you don't know unless you just you're with him, right? You got to be in you got to be in their presence to see if they have a presence. Um, and he does. Um, we talked about we talked ball. He's well advanced beyond a kid that's 20 years old. I mean, he's 
Um, He's impressive, man. You'll you'll see it when you talk to him. I promise you. You call me after it's done, or we'll talk uh, tomorrow. But I guarantee you, Rich, you'll be impressed by this kid. And, and I, I'm left with this thought, mm-hmm. which is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were not finished products when they entered the NFL. Uh, but what they were was they were incredibly gifted and they were incredibly intelligent. And those guys just figure it out, man. They 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 figure it out, and that's why I am with this kid. I think he's not there right now. But he's so smart and so talented, I'll bet on him. So um, how many prospects call you, like knock on your door and reach out to you? And again, I, I know that's not what this is about, okay? Yeah, it's about no. it's about you know many other aspects of this. And But how many do – that's that shows initiative. You know, and I'm biased. Like I literally, when I was looking for a TV job, I got in a suit and a tie and I put my tapes, because that's how long ago it was – in the trunk of my car, and I drove around upstate New York knocking on news director's doors looking for a job. Like, I, I front load the interview, and I try insatiable desire to find out information. How, how often – I'm fascinated by this. Is this an outlier for you? Um, well, I'll give you a couple other stories. So um, when I was scouting and I, we did the senior bowl, mm-hmm. you always do all these interviews with players, right? So you have your list of guys, you got to interview them. And in the history of doing that over eight years and this hundreds and hundreds of interviews, every kid has finished up the interview. I've asked for their phone number. Um, they've given it to me to make sure that I could get a hold of them. We could get a hold of them if we we're going to draft them. One kid during eight years asked for my phone number. And then texted me all the time. I've told the story before, and uh, it was, was with the Eagles and saying, you know, you guys, if you pick me, I'm going to lead this team to Super Bowls. It was Russell Wilson. So that's that's the <laughs> first time that somebody did that. True story. Texted me every week. If the Eagles draft me, I'm going to lead not to Super Bowl. I'll, I promise you, I will lead the Eagles to multiple Super Bowls if they draft me. If you guys draft me. Um, so there's some guys that are wired like that. This year, another great example, um, Ian Book. I went and I, uh, you know, we're one of these training facilities in Dallas, Michael Johnson's uh, folks. I think you've done stuff with them before. Yes. Rich. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. I want to hear the, I want to hear that story, but um, he, they have their group that trains, you know, probably 40, 50 guys. So they had me get on a zoom and talk to them about the combine interviews, what to expect, um, you know, zoom interviews with teams because there's no combine this year. So to give some advice, well, we finish up the thing, 40, 50 kids. You know, I don't know how Ian got my phone number, but he obviously asked somebody there that set this up. He got my phone number, texted me, thanked me for uh, for, for speaking to the to everyone, and then asked me three or four other questions. So there's, you know, it, probably the number of kids a year that, that I will talk with like this is probably seven to ten. But nine, most of the time, Rich, those are the guys that end up being uh, better than where they're picked because they're just wired a little bit differently. So are the Eagles going to take Russell? Or, and, he was, and the Seahawks beat you to the punch? What happened? Yeah, it's out there. It's very much out there. That was that was going to be the pick there for the Eagles in the, what, the third round. And then uh, um, and <sighs> Seattle got in front of us, or Seattle was in front of us and took him. So this was the story forever, right? It's the saddest story ever. If you're an Eagles fan, it's an awful, awfully sad story. But then, you know, we ended up taking Nick Foles after that. Well, so at least Foles came back, and you get a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP out of that whole deal. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. First defensive player off the board will be who? Uh, Sertan. To who? Dallas? I I, I uh, just filed my last mock draft, which you're, you're on this, right? Uh-huh. Tomorrow night, you're hosting this bad boy? I will be hosting it Wednesday night on NFL Network. That is correct, sir. What are we um, well, at? Bell- it's I'll nine bells. I think it's eight bells. Eight bells. Is that what eight Eastern time Wednesday night? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I think that is right. Okay, I think that good. is right. I, I mean, we can't give away the we can't give away the mock, you know. 
So if you're Got asking it. me where Sertan's going to go, I have a rule about these things. Yes, okay, R H U L E. Ah, very good, everybody. So that means Dallas will have to go shopping uh, for something else. Maybe that'll be they'll uh, they'll just lift up the uh, the goalpost pad in in uh, in, in Cowboy <laughs> Stadium and take out a flip phone and, I, and call and call JC Horn. Is that what you're saying? Is that what they're, they're going to do? I can neither confirm nor deny where I'm headed, but I'm getting a little nervous. We're starting to share a brain. We've been uh, together too long, buddy. <laughs> Oh, so then it's a waste of my time to say, give me, give me where, all right. Does anybody in your mock trade up for a quarterback in your mock? Yes. Yes. Uh Confidence, confidence level, very low, very low. Okay. All right. I can't wait for this, Daniel. I really cannot. Cause I honestly, like this is to have as many quarterbacks at the top involved and have a team like the 49ers that is two years removed from a Super Bowl, make such an aggressive maneuver for a quarterback that we don't know the name of, and it's an, and, and it is a, an entire national sort of churning conversation about it. Um, I, I don't recall anything like this in the 17 drafts that I've hosted for NFL Network, including this one. I don't remember anything quite like this leading up. This is no. huge. It's different. It's different, Rich. By the way, housekeeping just got here, so I'm uh, leaving the room. But. Uh... <laughs> that's not awkward at all daniel i mean that's not awkward at all just so did you get did you get the turndown service did you get that too i I don't know what's going i just know i got the i got the little knock on the door opened up and i figured if if she's coming in i'm going out that's where we are (laughs) another solid evaluation on your part daniel a solid (laughs) a solid evaluation um all right now that you're in the hallway i'll let you go let's uh, i i will see you on your mock draft show it's me, 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 yeah, me, you, and uh, Kurt Warner, and is it Charles too? Part of that? Yeah, yeah, I think we got seated. My my last yeah. piece of advice, Rich. You yeah. know, we, gosh, we when we're doing that show and we're talking about people trading up, yeah. you might want to wear a hoodie. It can get cold out there. I heard about that. I'm um, I'm coming. I'm coming dressed for all of it. Uh, do you want to leave me with your new mock draft for hamburgers? Now that you did the uh, oh. Wahlburger, you got oh, one for me? Oh my gosh! I left the Wahlburger in the room. Can I sneak back in? <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, there's a bite and a mint left on the pillow. It's very strange. <laughs> Very possible. Very possible. Very right, go Padres, Rich. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right back at oh. you. Great, great stuff this weekend, man. Great stuff oh, for your pods. Baseball. All right, baseball. DJ. I'll see you. I'll see you in see Cleveland. You, All right, bud. There's uh, Daniel right, Jeremiah. Rockman, there, you buddy. there we go. Everybody. D- DJ's in the hallway. Not odd at all. I heard that ding dong. I thought, is he going in the elevator? But no. <laughs> Ringing the bell. Ringing the bell. Housekeeping. By the way, 1.15 in the afternoon for housekeeping. That's it. That's about right. I don't know. It's a little late. Did he put the do not disturb out there? By the way, I By always, the way, I am the king of do not disturb. Me too. I leave it up for until my entire stay. No, three my entire stay. What do you mean your entire stay? I don't want anyone in my room. You don't get you go to a hotel and you do not get any sort of Absolutely cleaning right. service. When it, we would go to the Super Bowl oh my God. a week, boom. I'm in there. That's my space. Stay out. It depends on how long I'm in the room, but like two days or less, no. But if it's like a week, then yeah, you yeah, got to. What is the in. matter with you? <laughs> Did you, you do you make your own bed or is it just a total complete no, I always, mess? I always it's like a tornado. Nope. Always make my own bed. Really? In, in, a, that way in a hotel. Been that way forever. Do you bring your extra soap? Yes. You bring extra soap? I bring a big if I'm gonna be there for a week, I bring my own big thick bar. And the little hotel ones are so small they're like good for a day. What a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't bring your own soap to a hotel? Who does no. that? What? What does that? <laughs> 
If I'm staying there for three days or more, I'm, I'm staying for my five own days. S- I'm fine with the soap. Bring your own soap. I'm going to get five new bars of soap then. Do you bring your own conditioner even though you don't need it? No. Do you take, do you take soap home? Yes. And, lo- and lotion. <laughs> I love hotel lotion. And towels. What? Robes, huh? Can we please have that as a drop? I love hotel lotion. And by the way, um, robes of lotion. Uh, in case anybody missed the Steve Smith conversation, I wrote it down uh, from our number one new fantasy team name for us next year: Glutes and Cankles. Everybody, he's yes. so talking about the Devonte Smith from glutes down to his cankles. Not a lot of meat on his 166 pound frame. Glutes and cankles. Would be a great fantasy team name. Let's be on time because I can't tell John Harbaugh. Sorry, we were late for you because I was rambling on about glutes and cankles. That'd be awkward. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I used to know you when you didn't have what's going on. When I didn't have hair. What's going on? Welcome back, Mortimer. (laughs) (laughs) You and Earl, now you do you think I should do this? Do you think I should do this? I do. You do? I do. It, Rich, it will bring you back like no other. But, but where, where, Just, where, but where am I now, though? When you say bring me back, where, where am not, I right now? Where, where am I? Dion? You're not really where happy. What? You're, you're enthusiastical, <laughs> but you're not really happy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy with my head. Zoom in on it. I'm happy with my head right now. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with life. My hats have been cutting down. They, they were up to five days a week. Now I'm at two days a week now uh-huh. because I'm feeling good about Prime right now. I'm, if I, I look at myself on social media, it's taken at least nine years off of my life. Nine years? Yes. I'm looking like a young prime right now, man. <laughs> you know, I looked at a picture of me in my profile the other day. I didn't know if it was one of my sons or me. That's the way I am okay. right now, Rich. Because, you know, you, you know, Suze, you know my wife. She's yes. like seeing you on the air and she goes, huh. 
She's like, what? I didn't. Is that Dion? I'm like, yeah, that's Dion. You know what she's hair. really saying? She, she's really saying. It, it, it's Uh-oh. almost like a guy. See, we can't do this. You know, if your girl starts to pick up a little weight, you really can't say it. You yeah. just, you know, like, hey, you want to work out today, baby? Not, not you, but we should work. You know, you can't say it. So she's like, is that Dion? Yeah. And she's just waiting for you to jump in there. It's like double dutch, and you just sitting out there. <laughs> you know, and she, and, and she has the ropes, and she's just doing the ropes, and she just keep looking on you like, come on, baby, jump in there, jump in there, come on. But you can do this, man. No, I know I can, but I mean, see, you, you got can... a lot to work with on the outsides. This is your expert opinion, yes. having okay. See, you have a lot of. Uh, but if I donor did, hair. They call it donor hair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have as much donor hair as you did. But it, but wouldn't it just be jarring for people to see me? You don't think it was jarring? For, you just got to just go for it. You're brave, Rich. You don't care what people think. Wouldn't I have to take like two weeks off? No. Come on. How long? No, how, 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 how many days do I have to be out of the chair? Wear a hat. You don't have to be. What do you mean wear a hat? I don't wear a hat on this but show. You can't. Del Tufo does. You yeah, can't. Rich. Oh, Rich, but that's have, not. That's not an example. They, what if I showed up on the show with like a hat? For, it, like, okay. Rich, they know what's going on. You tell them this is what's going on. I just have a, a rainy day mm. for like three days, five days, yeah. and you're back. You're back, Rich. Should I do it? Do it, Rich. Rich. Don't do it. <laughs> do it. Say <laughs> don't do it. Rich, do uh, it. You should do it. All right. Oh, Dion has to be one of the funniest people I've ever been around. Oh, my gosh. That was at the Super Bowl three years ago. It's all at our YouTube archive, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We are back here on the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock, streamer on NBC Sports on Peacock. We're on Sirius XM Channel 211. We're on Odyssey. We're on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. We're also on Westwood One stations across the country as well. Very excited to be here uh, on draft week, two days before the draft. Always great to speak to a head coach in the National Football League uh, before that, let alone uh, somebody who I uh, greatly appreciate whenever he joins. And he did great work when he uh, teamed up with NBC Sports uh, a few years ago as well. He's the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens now with two first-round selections in this year's draft, John Harbaugh. How are you, Coach? Hey, Rich. I'm doing great. Go blue, man. Go, go blue. Go blue right back at you. You know, I had Kirk Herbstreet on the show yesterday, um, John, and um, yeah. I, he, he gave me the passive-aggressive, like, man, we just wish Michigan was, you know, it, it's better for the Big Ten when they're, you know, they're good and whatever. And I'm like, you know, are you trying to instigate me? Was Do you think he was trying to get my goat saying stuff like that, John? You've been around the block a few times. They've been, they've been reveling in it for quite a few years now, you know, and uh, – and that's kind of the strategy. That's how they. That's how they operate. You know, I wanted to say also. I wanted to say to him, well, you know, you should know, Kirk. It's all cyclical. You signed for John Cooper. I almost said that, but I didn't want to be rude. You know what I mean? Because because you're Michigan. Because you have class. <laughs> you know. What's your favorite bow story? You took the high road. Do you got a good bow story, John? To start off. Uh, I got a pretty good bow story on Jim when we were uh, two two bow stories. Kind of, they was they were close to back to back. We were kids. And uh, it was Ohio State. Matter of fact, it was it was uh, I believe it was uh, seventy six. Okay, one of the years that we beat Ohio State. One of the many years. I think Michigan still is the leading winningest program in the history of college football. If I'm not mistaken. But uh, we were they were practicing and they had this little side turf field and the coaches' sons were on the side. Andy Moeller yes. and uh, some of us were out over there playing tackle football. Snow was piled up on the side. It was the week, November weekend before Thanksgiving. And uh, Jim sailed the ball onto the field in the middle of practice. Uh-oh. Right here where my dad was at, because he was a secondary coach. And we kind of looked at each other, and 
of course, he threw it, but he was also the youngest. So we looked at him and just, kept, just looked at the ball, and he knew what to do. So he went out there and retrieved it, got chewed out by Bo. <laughs> and then, then a couple weeks later, uh, it was recruiting time, and Bo walks into his office, and he sees your little Jimmy Harbaugh, probably 12, sitting at his desk with his feet up on Bo's desk. Get your little butt out of here right now. I, I, I think he liked Jim, though. You know, I think he realized there was something there at an early age. You know what? To use a Bo phrase, he, he realized Jim had moxie, probably, at an early age, to use a Bo word. Moxie. You know, he had moxie. Exactly. That's a word that Bo used to throw around quite a bit. So when, <laughs> when, when Jim was seven retrieving the ball, was that the first time Jim was ever chewed out by Bo? Was that the first time? Of that many? was the first time. First time, but not the last, as we all well know. Yes, we do know. John Harbaugh here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's, let's get into the trade that your team um, – uh, conducted with the Kansas City Chiefs. Why trade away Orlando Brown? We've heard a lot from Orlando. He tweeted out, I'm a left tackle. He put the word left in in bold uh, letters. Um, can you walk us through your thought process on sending uh, Orlando Brown packing? Yeah, I mean, you know, Orlando, Orlando, well, he was a Raven, and I think he'll always be a Raven. His dad was a Raven. And, uh, you know, we had, had three great years here with him. I love him. Um, he told me that a few times too, Rich. I mean, a couple times coming off the field, you know, I'm a left tackle, you know, and uh, a couple times headed toward the bus, a couple times in the weight room. So I'd heard it before, and I don't disagree with him. You know, I mean, he's he's a, he's a football player, and you know, he played left tackle for us at the end when Ronnie got hurt. He played right tackle before that. You know, I feel like he's a guy that uh, he's a great guy. He's a hard worker, and he's he's a guy that, you know feels like he's got something to prove. You know, so. You know, usually guys who have something to prove make pretty good football players. But for us, you know, I think the fact that he wanted to – he knew he was going to be a left tackle. We had, we had re-signed Ronnie the year before. You know, Ronnie was a year or two ahead of him, mm-hmm. kind of in the uh, pecking order as far as contracts and all that. So, you know, I think he understood that there wasn't going to be a long-term left tackle opportunity here. And then when he got a chance to play it, you know, people saw it. And I'm sure he felt like, hey, you know, this is my chance. So, you know, for us, I don't think we really – planned on trading him it wasn't something that we were thinking about doing necessarily it, it wouldn't you know there's never any trade that's out of the question but uh you know he talked about it i think it got teams interested and then we just kind of waited to hear and we heard from teams kansas city uh you know obviously was the one with the best offer and uh it made sense we got we we got a lot you know that we're going to be able to use going forward so you know those are going to be assets that are going to be great for us and and I, I feel like we just got to find a way to replace Orlando this year, which we'll find a way to do. And, uh, you know, that'll be a place hopefully where he can, you know, he can do well long-term, you know, for his career. And, you know, unfortunately we'll have to play against him, but, you know, we play against everybody in the National Football League. So when you trade a guy, that's always part of the deal. That's what I was going to ask you next, John Harbaugh, is like it is a heck of a haul, obviously, for a very talented player who you're fond of. First, third, and a fourth this year, another pick next year. But was there any hitch in the giddy-up at all that you were trading your partner was the, the team that's made the last two Super Bowls from your conference. You have to go through this team in order to get where you want to go. Was there any conversation to say, maybe, just maybe, this is not the team we should make a trade with? Well, I mean, I, I don't think you really have those choices all the time. You know, you got to do what's best for your team going forward. I think you think, we think more, I want to think more about our team than other teams. We'll, we'll play whoever we play, Rich. We're not going to be afraid of anybody, really any team or any player. You know, we'll look forward to to playing whoever we play. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, I think for what, 
for what they offered us. It was the best offer we got. It allows us to build our team the way we want, the best way we can, and, you know, that's what you roll with. John Harbaugh here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I learned this phrase, uh, Coach, uh, at the uh, LSNA school at the great University of Michigan, the great institution of higher learning. Uh, nature abhors a vacuum. And right now, I guess the NFL media could be nature. And the vacuum is the fact that Lamar Jackson has not had his fifth-year option picked up just yet, and there's a draft in two days. Is there <laughs> any – What? why is the question? I don't know. Right I could walk across the hall right now and ask Eric, but I'm quite sure that – can I, can I make that guarantee right now on your show? Yes. Just we'll fill the vacuum up right now. Okay. His fifth-year option will be picked up. <laughs> okay. Guarantee it. That, that, that's as good as the Jim Harbaugh guarantee in 1986. <laughs> Another time Bo chewed him out, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day. So there's nothing to the fact that this hasn't happened to this point in time. Nothing. There's nothing to the fact, no. Because, you know, cause you know they're, they're, uh, everybody is waiting for the time where a team will utilize the fact that a quarterback being on the first iteration of a contract allowing you to – have more salary cap space and just going ahead despite how talented the quarterback that you have drafted before and how successful he may be to just give that a whirl uh in team building and championship building and obviously you and the ravens are such at the forefront of analytics in this world and people are looking at you as thinking maybe you might actually be the first team to try something like that but that is not going to happen with lamar no no his fifth op- fifth year option is going to get picked up He's definitely going to be our quarterback, so um, that's that's the plan. Absolutely. So, what do you what do you uh, think uh, Lamar can improve upon, Coach? What's the what's the plan here? With him? Well, I mean, the, the, the you know, there's a, how, how many how, how much time do you have for all of yeah, us? You know, right? Uh, but I feel like it all points to one thing, and the thing he talks about all the time is, you know, he wants to win a Super Bowl. You know, and then go from there, and that's the, that's the kind of mindset you want to have. So. All the things that go into that in terms of playing winning football, you break them down from the quarterback position. We, you know, you can talk about every aspect of playing the position. You know, I think he's a very unique guy. He's a guy that's different in, in a lot of ways than any quarterback probably that's ever played. And, and you know, no two players are exactly the same. But Lamar is somebody that just kind of he breaks the mold a little bit. He does it in a way that people, a lot of people, didn't anticipate. Rich, they didn't see this coming. They didn't think that a quarterback would play in this style. You know, they talked about him playing other positions and all that. And, you know, he's very determined, and we're very determined to, uh, you know, to prove those people wrong, but also to, to kind of pave a new path here and show, show what's possible, you know, with a different type of a skill set. So um, how that exactly is going to look when it's all said and done, that's what we're going to find out. But, you know, we're going to be more efficient in the passing game. I know that. Uh, we want to continue to build our run game. I, I think we're the highest-scoring offense in the league over the last two years. So, you know, that's kind of important. You know, when you're, when you're talking about offensive football, scoring points is really kind of what it's all about. So in terms of winning the Super Bowl, uh, putting a, a run together in the playoffs, which is what it takes to do that, playing your best football at the end, uh, you know, winning football, not turning the ball over, stopping people in the red zone, scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals, you know, all the things that go into, you know, winning a big game, you know, in a critical moment like that. Those are the things that we're working on. Well, I mean, the, when your offense cooks, particularly uh, John Harbaugh here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, it, it's 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 just there's no offense quite like it in the fact that anybody could wind up either being a ball carrier or a blocker or a receiver or a thrower. 
You know, it's just anybody. It could come from anybody. It seems sometimes like you have 20 skilled position players on your roster. Honestly, it could be a fullback, could be a wide receiver, could be Lamar. And though even with that diversity, it seems sometimes that if you fall down by a couple of touchdowns, it's a, it's too much of a grind for you to come back. And then I see a game like what happened against Cleveland this year, and it was points of Palooza. How, how does somebody, you know, uh, in your position, work on making a team more dynamic offensively, Coach? Well, I mean, that's what everybody's trying to do, you know. So it's you, you work. We work around the players and the talent that you have. Every game is different. You know, the, the narratives get created. You know, game, you know, we haven't lost very many games, Rich, so you're going to find the games that we lost and say, well, this is what happened. We've had other games that we've won where we have scored a bunch of points or we've come back and won, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, had two-minute drives and all those kind of different things. So, uh, but we're a running team. That's where we start. Uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of our passing, you know, our, our running yards come from Lamar dropping back you know, people trying to recover what we're doing downfield, and he takes off and runs. And, you know, those are counted as running yards, but those are really pass plays. So, like I said, it's kind of it's a different way. Other times he breaks out of the pocket. I can think about the Cleveland game, the one game you're talking about, um, when he came back, you know, out of the tunnel, and uh, he starts scrambling to the right on fourth and five. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm exactly, I'm yelling, run, you know, <laughs> run. And just as I scream, run, there goes the ball up in the air to Marquise, and it's a touchdown. So, just a very, uh, very dynamic type of a, of an offense, you know, around built around a really dynamic player and other players. You know, we've got to be good fundamentally. We've got to be good up front. You know, do the little things well, protect our quarterback. You know, block. Uh, those are the things to me that you build an offensive round. Then you let the chips fly. I mean, Kansas City. You, I would say most people think Kansas City is the best offense in the league the last three years. Uh, around Patrick Mahomes and what Andy Reid, and they're credible what they've done, and uh, yet. They got to the Super Bowl, and, and uh, you know, that playoff run, it was the last game of their playoff run, and they didn't do anything on offense, and a defense figured out how to stop them. That doesn't mean they don't. That doesn't mean that defense has the blueprint or that they don't have what it takes, you know, to, to win the whole thing. They obviously did it before. We haven't done it yet. Until we do it, that'll be the conversation. We, we, we understand that. We respect it. And we're just trying to do everything we can to make it happen. I am mandated to ask this one follow-up question on the subject matter. Coach, when you said that Lamar came back out of the tunnel in that game, what was he coming back from? You Coach? know, i tell you what. I mean, the, the, the level that our society has sunk. <laughs> I mean, I think it just is well documented in the social media around that whole game. I mean, cramps are cramps, and they really were, honestly, they were body cramps, okay? Started with his left hand. His body locked up, and he was getting, uh, you know, the IV, the fluids, and all that. So, wasn't anything other than that. It wasn't, wasn't the type of cramps that you might have after you, you know, you ate too much and or whatever. No, uh, it wasn't that. You know, I, 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 I kind of had to ask the question, though, coach. <laughs> you know, I mean, I kind of just, you know, for for a prying nation, clearly on that subject matter. But of course, okay, thank you. I just appreciate that. Uh, before I, before I let you go. Uh, what do you? We had Daryl Morey of the Sixers on, and I, sp- uh, I, I, you know, conducted a, a seminar with JJ Watt for his um, MIT Sloan Sports Conference, um, and you know, he said that basketball, baseball's ahead of basketball and analytics, which is way ahead of the NFL. But you are at the forefront of this, it appears. Um, what is the future of analytics in the NFL? Do you think, Coach John? That's Harbaugh? a great question. I mean, it's going to definitely. 
come into play more and more. Uh, we I was just having that conversation with Eric Costa about an hour ago in terms of trying to find you know the measurables. I mean, it's just a different game. Baseball, maybe you know, my dad would say it's the greatest game. Probably also the simplest game mm-hmm. in terms of you know measuring whether it's how fast the ball comes off the bat or uh, where the ball gets hit. I mean, you can draw a bunch of lines up, and there it is, you know. And then you've got basketball, which is five on five. It's kind of a free-flowing deal. I've seen all the spots in the court where the shots come from and all those kind of things. You know, those those are, you know, pretty measurable things. There's a lot of layers to football, you know, and it's it's it's, it's, it's not like it's, there's not repeatable all, all the time. It's not repeatable like pitches and swings, you know, are more repeatable. You've got all these different kind of things that you've got to try to measure. So you can measure, you can track speed, and you can track plays and formations and personnel groups on the field. We're doing all that, you know, and we're trying to figure out how to measure change of direction, uh, closing speed, Hmm. um, those kind of things. Stuff mainly to confirm kind of what you see with your eye when you evaluate players, and maybe we can find some things that are, you know, are um, things that you can count on in terms of measurables. So many times it's like, what makes a good wide receiver? And it's like, well, you come up with a couple of things and somebody breaks the mold the very next time, you know? So it's just a different kind of sport, you know? It's 22 guys and there's, it's a complicated game. And, you know, you've got every kind of different big guys, little guys, fast guys, quick guys, you know, smart guys. It's, it's, just, it's hard to measure all it, figure out, you know, it's hard to repeat all these measurements. So. I'm not a math guy. I never went to MIT Stone. I really don't right. know what what that even is. But right, it's his, it's his, it's Daryl Morey's like uh, annual conference about analytics and sports and analytics. And I, I, you know, you're you're a sports fan too. I mean, I'm sure you saw in the World Series last year Kevin Cash lifting lifting Blake Snell in the middle of Game Six and and what that meant uh, and and you know and how it turned the tide for the Dodgers. And the reason why I bring that up is it just seems to be a constant push pull of, you know, uh, gut and feel versus what the numbers tell you. Do you use analytics um, more often about when you go for it based on where you are in the field position, based on the score? Like, do you have something like that? Um, yeah. That's, is that when you use it, too, deciding when to go for two, something like that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part. I think that builds the frame, but you can't make that decision based on it. It's like, and these are the kind of the conversations you have with the analytics guys because right. the math guys will tell you to go for it all these different number of times, but there's really not that many there's not that many even historically fourth down situations that you can really, you can really measure. So uh, the more you get, the more, the, the more that number is going to kind of come back to the middle and back to the mean. And like I tell our analytics guys, I don't want to be the guy with, with all of our fourth down you know, misses to bring that back to the mean. I want to go for it when we're going to get it. You know? And that's what people have generally done over the years. They've gone for it in the most favorable situations where they think they're going to get it. So those numbers, those success numbers are a little higher than they really would be. Sometimes maybe even third and one or third and two is a better way to measure whether you're going to make it a fourth down. So, like, how do you really measure that? Then, you know, all of a sudden someone shoots into a gap and there's a stop and it costs you the game. Well, you can say, well, yeah, but the analytics said we should have gone for it. Well, our fans really don't want to hear that either, right? So, in the end, just like in baseball, just whether you're pulling a pitcher or not, you want to go with what you think is going to work. So, you know, how are we blocking? How do I feel about their defensive line? You know, do they look a little gassed? Did they substitute somebody recently? You know, there's a lot of different things that go into. Sometimes it's your quarterback screaming from the field, say, you know, coach, go for it, which Lamar has done too. So, yes. you know, that that moves me a little bit too. You know, right? Sure, you want to hear the confidence from your coach, uh, from your quarterback, uh, coach John Harbaugh. I appreciate the 20 minutes, uh, two days before the draft. Greatly appreciate it. Um, 
the Ravens owner, Steve Bishotti, and his wife, Renee, once again, donating to St. Jude my run. They're so generous. I can't tell you how generous that guy is and his wife. And um, I appreciate you and your organization and your time. Thank you. Great being with you, Rich. All the best, man. Right back at you. Thank you. That's John Harbaugh, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson will be on the roster on Sunday. That's the way I'm taking that exclusive right there. I mean, unless we're not. No, unless, yeah, uh, he, obviously you know I mean? like, there is, you know, there are outla- uh, out, outside uh, factors. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I lost John when I asked him that question about whether his quarterback was uh, pooping? I think he was honestly probably waiting on it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he, I'm probably like, really? Rich, really? <laughs> he knew it was coming. He, he, was, he was pooping, right? He was cramping. Started in his hands. <laughs> Started in his hands. I mean, look, sometimes, Rich, you know, Maybe that's when, when why you know coming, that, that motion he was making, like the person who was coming out, like, get the hell out of the. That unfortunate person who was egressing while he was ingressing, potentially about to egress. Just the timing of that. My bringing it up weeks, months later, two days before the draft, using rare real estate with John Harbaugh, he might be just hanging up the phone, looking at the great Chad Steele. And, uh, and can you believe Rich asked me a. Uh, whether Lamar was pooping, although I never asked that, you did not ask. What was that. he coming back? Yeah, from? that was you. Were, that was you were being right, an investigative right. journalist. Rich, right there, you're a Rich. professional. You know how to word questions. I'm a professional, but asked the man. Hey, remember that few weeks ago, a few months ago, when the whole nation was wondering if Lamar was really number two in your program? Yeah, instead of number eight. <laughs> Do you know when you're? At least I didn't say, Coach, was your quarterback going boom-boom on Monday Night Football? <laughs> now that would be that would be beneath me. Or you could have just, That would be totally beneath me. You could have asked him if, with the rules changes, would Lamar consider changing his number from eight to... To two. To two. I mean, well, that would have been next level. <laughs> Can you believe that we just got information about Lamar's contract, <laughs> analytics conversation? Talking about this man's offense, great story about Bo, talking about the trade, and here I am mentioning this. I really feel like I should be better than this. <laughs> oh, Don so. wants to go to break. <laughs> Come on, Don. All right. Come on. We'll be back on the Rich Eisen Show. Number I two. won't tell you what we'll be back from, but we'll be back. <laughs> Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Seattle is hosting New Orleans in a playoff game. Correct. In Seattle. And we played them earlier. We played them earlier. In the season. So um, it's not uncommon. We played them on Monday Night Football five weeks prior. And now we are back in the divisional round at Seattle. Only it's a little different. We're, we're staying over uh, across the water in Bellevue. And so the first thing in the morning when I get up is I have a waffle, you know, the whipped cream, strawberries, and I'm, I'm flipping through the networks trying to get either ESPN or NFL Network. Who's going to give me the forecast? There's NFL Network. I got it. And they're going 
to these sites where the divisional games are going to be played. And they're talking about this is sunny here, blah blah blah. And then to Seattle, and they and they get to the Seahawks Stadium, and and I know that it's going to be, and you can see the wind. And <clears throat> I'm eating my waffle, and they pan down on Russell Wilson and Drew Brees throwing a football on the field in their grays. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where I'm supposed to be at that moment when they're throwing a football. I am supposed to be meeting with the officials, discussing the inactives, all right, and getting ready to say the Lord's Prayer and give our players a pep talk. That's where I'm supposed to be at that moment. I stumble out of the bed. This is my worst nightmare. I know I'm a half an hour away from the stadium, and I'm thinking to myself, national anthem, I'm in my underwear late to the game. Right? That's the nightmare that I have. Wow. And I just saw Breeze and Russell Wilson warming up. And I run to the shower, call my assistant, can't get him. The waffle is spilled on the floor. I get back. My assistant says, hey, what's up? And I said, when did the buses leave? No one called. He said, coach, the buses haven't left yet. They had taken B-roll from the Monday night game. Someone in the tape room wow. ran the wrong tape. Can you imagine? I text Falk. He's on set with Rich. I said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I had a cow. Like, I'm telling you, you have no idea. We're talking about being like, this is the divisional playoff game, yeah. not being there for the kickoff as the head coach. That's how late I was. <laughs> and Sean, just Marshall showed me the text. We went back and forth. I arrived. <laughs> This guy now is live on the field, and I peek out at the stadium only because of the conditions, and I take a look, and Rich says, good to have Sean Payton here at the stadium on time. <laughs> Just some, some sly comment that, that not that one, one person is going to understand until we tell the story. Amazing. Oh, uh, I remember. I'll say it. I don't care. Chris, Chris Wirtz of NFL Network, of our production Wirtz. team. I'm going to hear his his voice in my ear over the next several days for the there NFL you draft. You, you know, he 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 disliked, uh, I'll say it, I don't care, Roy Williams of the Dallas Cowboys, the the, the, defense, player, the defensive player. Yes. Okay. Safety. Because he thought that he was, you know, he wasn't a safety. He should have been a linebacker. And he wasn't playing the safety position all that great. And he would always think he was out of position and he just could not stand the way he played football. Where it's big Cowboys fan. One day, diehard Cowboy fan. Diehard. So one day we find ourselves at the Pro Bowl together, at the Pro Bowl bar, and there's Roy. <laughs> and there's Chris. And I'm like, I want to introduce the two of you together. Roy, this is Chris Schwartz, diehard Cowboy fan. He cannot stop talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Only one person got the joke. It was worse. And I'm like, get together. Let's take a picture. <laughs> Snap. And Roy's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Roy's a great dude, I have man. no idea what he was talking about him all the time. Sorry if Roy's out there on Peacock seeing this. I think Roy played at Permian, right? Friday Night Lights He game. cannot stop talking about you, Roy. So. Oh, my gosh. Fun stuff. I just love always, you know, sliding that in there where people don't know what I'm talking about. So I did that to Sean Payton one year. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show here on our uh, Peacock uh, streamer as well as our radio network. Trey Lance is going to join us in about 10 minutes' time. Can't wait to talk to him. Future Patriot, Trey Lance? Uh, I'll, I'll kick the tires on that. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, it's interesting. Would you trade with your 
your rival? Not rival, the team that you know you're going to have to beat year in and year out. Uh, probably not. What if you get what if you get what they got for Orlando Brown? Yeah, here's the left tackle you need to protect Mahomes. And then maybe you're sitting there saying to yourself, if you're a general manager, I'll turn those picks into gold. And best guess what? Orlando Brown will make them better, but I'm taking away four picks from them. You are giving them a second back. I would wonder why they're getting rid of that that guy. No, again, and especially to me. Ian Rappaport said it before too. Is that Orlando Brown says I'm a left tackle? Reason why he wants to be a left tackle is not just because, as Ian oh, said, he promised his late father that he would. You get paid a lot more coin at left tackle yeah. than you do right tackle. Right. And if you're going to stay with the Ravens and Ronnie Stanley's coming back, you're never going to get a chance to play left tackle. So I want to go someplace where I can be the left tackle, be the man, and right. get paid like it. That yeah, makes sense. And if the Ravens are like, I got it, we got to get him out of here because we can't hear it anymore, or they actually genuinely like the guy and just say, we'll do, we'll do what's best for the team and we'll do what's best for you, then damn straight they did what's best for him and damn straight they did what's best for the team. The question is, do you do it with the team? Do you take a little bit less and say to the Chiefs, well, we know you got a problem at, at line protecting your jewel of a quarterback. We're not going to help you with that. Or you just say, screw it. We're going to do what's best for the team. We'll use those picks, and here we go. And Bucky Brooks said on NFL Network, one day a team will, in fact, go ahead and take their franchise quarterback and instead of paying him with a new nine-figure deal in his second contract, they're going to tell that kid, we're not picking up your option. We're going to draft your replacement. And no matter how many Madden covers you've been on, no matter the fact that you won the MVP, we're going to treat this like a true college offense. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to let you, after four years, graduate, to use Bucky's phrase. Bye -bye. And we're going to draft your replacement like it's your... This is, and this will be his freshman year because the way to win a Super Bowl is to have the quarterback not eat up a ton of your cap space and you pay everyone else and you hit it. That's when you hit it. We'll keep our costs down at quarterback. It won't eat up so much and we're going to build a team that way. And it's going to happen one day. And I'm not talking about, you know, Trubisky's gone, in comes the new guy. And by the way, today is the anniversary of Trubisky's drafting. Sure is. But four years ago today, right? Four years ago. In Philadelphia? Philadelphia. So happy anniversary, Bears fans. Don't worry, we won't talk about that much longer. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about Sam Darnold. I'm talking about somebody like Lamar Jackson. Successful, very successful, individually successful, team-wise successful, loved with the team, but sorry, this is the way we're going to do it. You're out. We've got two first-rounders, 27th and 31st. Trey Lance has fallen. We're going to go trade up and get him. Start from scratch. You learn behind Lamar this year. Lamar, we're not picking up your fifth-year option. Enjoy free agency. And then deal with the howls of the fan base and hope Trey Lance saves your job. Will that happen one day? Will we see that one day? That yeah. was the conversation Bucky put out there, which is why everybody's wondering, well, why haven't you picked up his fifth-year option yet? Now that you also acquire another draft choice, you can package the two of them to move up if somebody falls into the teens. And that's why I asked John Harbaugh that question, and he unequivocally said, Lamar's their guy. Which absolutely, completely, totally makes sense yeah, and totally. is the right yeah, thing to course, do. Of course. But it's that's why I said nature abhors a vacuum. And right now we are in the nature of the business of wondering what's going on. Why hasn't his fifth-year option been picked up? 
May 3rd is the deadline. Are you waiting to see how the draft goes? And the answer is clearly no. They might be talking long-term deal with them. I don't know. It'll happen. I don't know. I mean, it's we, a fascinating conversation that we're going to yeah, see a team course. give that a whirl one day. I really believe it. I think so. We'd also never seen a team trade for a quarterback in the top 10 and then the very next year get rid of him and draft a quarterback first overall. Right. And we've never seen somebody go to the Super Bowl with somebody in one year and then two years later trade up into the top three to choose his replacement. We also haven't seen a team choose a quarterback in the top three of a draft four years apart like the Jets are about to do. Yeah. It's NWO. It's a new it, world order. It is, an, it is so different. But that's the ultimate difference. We all know everybody who drafts this quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, whatever the Niners are going to do, whoever takes any of Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields, the clock starts right now. You need to win a Super Bowl in that first iteration of the contract. Yeah, like you did, like the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson, like the Chiefs did with Mahomes. That's the idea. Or the Eagles did with Wentz, but obviously Foles had to finish the job. Sure. That's what you have to do. At some point, somebody's going to say, that's the way we're just going to operate our business. It's smart. It's very risky. You need an owner on board and you need a coach who's got a long-term contract. And a general manager, too, because it's risky. And I'm not just, again, talking about a bust. I'm talking about somebody whose four first four years in the business has been very successful, but would require a nine-figure contract to keep having that success. Trey Lance, can't wait to talk to him when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Or somebody with a six-year deal like, say, Kyle Shanahan. Well, again, Kyle had the, the very unique um, and honest answer of, of we're going to do this and we'll be evaluated on it and we'll have to deal with the consequences. But I know I'm very, con- I mean, this is the only uh, uh, analogy I can have. I'm very confident about the moves that I make from this chair for three hours a day in front of a live microphone. And then when I'm off the air trying to grow this show, um, I'm very confident in the moves that I make. I've got a partner, you know, in my agents mm-hmm. um you know i've got somebody who i live with call my wife that i i bounce ideas off of and trust her opinions and advice who knows the business that's the way i go about my business and if there's anybody out there in the twitterverse or calling into a radio station saying what the hell are you thinking i'll have the same reaction as kyle shannon which is i've been in this business forever I mean, my dad was a French teacher, but, you know, <laughs> he's got the, 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 the ear of his dad, right? somebody in his family, yeah. and he's got Lynch and Jed York as a partner, and he knows what he needs. He's been through it with many quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay? He got from, Matt Ryan, an MVP. I mean, he's gotten everything from, uh, you know, trading all the, his team trading all the way up into the top two to take a quarterback that he and his dad really didn't want, it seems. And to the point where they drafted another quarterback. Like, could you imagine the 49ers do what they did right, to take a quarterback and then later on in day two draft another one? Yeah. That's a, It's unheard of what Washington did that year. Ridiculous. So he's been through that. Yeah. Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, where he inherits quarterbacks. They go ahead and trade for one in the middle of the season, even though he admitted one of his many truth-telling, truth-serum 
meet the parents hooked up to a lie detector moments said yeah we were interested in cousins but we we, we had an opportunity we went ahead and got jimmy g all of those he must through all of this know exactly which young quarterback he wants and if there's anybody out there who's second guessing him he's gonna make this press conference statements like he did to essentially say i've got this Relax. It's amazing. Sit back. It's amazing. We really haven't seen anything like it. And then you've got Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson before it, and maybe another team in Atlanta making another decision at quarterback too, or somebody trading up. Holy crap. Trey Lance, can't wait to chat with him coming up. 